Everybody, this is episode 130 of Now Showing with Mike and Wayne. Wayne, how are you doing today? Oh, not too bad. Hanging in there. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I'm glad to come on here and talk about some of these movies that I haven't seen in a while, but I, I've loved for a long time. Uh, so I'll get us started here. We're going to do rom-coms again, people. Um, I know I'm talking about three that I haven't talked before on this podcast. Uh, because it's Black History Month, I chose uh, three films with uh, all black leads and uh, I'm going to start off with Brown Sugar from 2002. This is one of my favorite romantic comedies. Uh, it stars Tay Diggs and Sanaa Lathan. Childhood friends Sydney, uh, Sanaa Lathan and Dre Tay Diggs who originally bonded over their love of hip-hop facing evolving relationship as adults. Sydney has just been appointed the editor-in-chief of hip-hop magazine XSL and Dre is an A&R uh, for Millennium Records. While Sydney's career is flourishing, Dre is increasingly frustrated with his label's uh, preference for marketable artists over true talent. So you have uh, Tay Diggs, who is trying to like basically get his music career going, and Sanaa Lathan, who kind of who works on the business side of it, and they're best friends. They're in relationships. It's one of those ones where the best friends start to realize that their true feelings are actually for each other. Um, it's really well made, well acted, well, uh, well directed. Um, let me see who the director is, is, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but Rick Famuyo, who did, uh, the movie uh, Dope. pronounced Flair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did the movie Dope as well. Um, uh, and Talk to Me as well. So he, he's been around for a while. Um, and been doing stuff recently. It also stars Nicole Ari Parker, Queen Latifah, Boris Kajo, Most Deaf, um, a rapper who works as a taxi driver. So Tay Diggs' character, he ends up really, you know, kind of starting his own label and finding that discovering artists is really what he's all about. Um, which, like I said, then again leads to them to discover that they are actually in love with each other. Um, so spoiler alert, that's what happens. Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's really funny. It's really romantic. Uh, it hits all the right parts. If you're looking for a rom-com and you haven't seen this one, uh, if you love hip hop music, it works even better because that I do. And one of the reasons I remember it very fondly, um, Wayne, are you familiar with this one at all? No, I have not seen it. Yeah. You should check it out. I think you'd like it. Um, yeah. So, Wayne, what is your first one? All right. I am going with 2003's Something's Gotta Give, a story about Jack and Diane. But not that Jack and Diane. We're talking about Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. A swinger on the cusp of being a senior citizen with a taste for young women falls in love with an accomplished woman closer to his age. Now you think, oh, wow. The misogyny is flowing, and well, yeah, kinda. But would you say I would say that this is probably one of Jack Nicholson's last great roles? I think it might actually be his last one of his last films, if I am remembering off the top of my head correctly. But yeah, I would say so. I mean, especially in that realm, because uh, if you put it in, you know, in terms of endearment and as good as it gets, like that's that type of role. Um, it's probably his last really good kind of rom-com-ish 
Well, not that he was necessarily known for the rom-com, but he, when he would do them, they turned out really great. So <laughs> maybe he should have done more. Very, very true. But yeah, a uh, pretty heavily loaded cast, in my opinion. We've got Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton as our leads. Obviously, it's got Keanu Reeves, so how could you not love uh, Amanda Peet, Francis McDormand, John Favreau, uh, Paul Michael Glasser, Paige Butcher, Rachel, uh, she was in um, Total Recall, Donald Schwarzenegger. Tick- no. Tico Tin? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. It, that movie, what's interesting about a movie like that is it, it takes like the uh, the idea of like rich white man with young woman and then kind of like, hey, but what if, hold on, just a thought here, what if they went out with someone their same age? <laughs> like It kind of like just turns it around a little bit, which I thought was a, a funny kind of way to play um, with that stereotype and with that type of rom-com. And of course, you know, Nicholson and Keaton, I mean, they ooze charisma. Uh, so to put them as your leads in a rom-com like that, I think was very smart. But I mean, obviously, the whole trophy girlfriend with the yep. you know the mother daughter thing gets a little mm-hmm. weird. When you sit there yep, it's like, strange. Yeah, if you can divert your attention off of the ew factor, it really is a well acted, kind of sweet movie. Yeah, <laughs> even saying that, I kind of don't like myself. But well, and you, I mean, you, you, you know, they allow fair play though, as Diane yeah. Keaton's character does uh, start to be wooed by the younger, much younger Keanu Reeves. Uh, so there is that aspect to it as well. Um, they don't just make it old man, young woman. It's older woman, young man as well um, until they realize that they're um, actually into each other, which surprises Jack Nicholson's character because like Jack Nicholson in real life, he's into women younger than him. Um, so <laughs> you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. The, who's the, apparently the new Jack Nicholson <laughs> when it comes to that? But yeah, I always like this movie. Uh, it's who's the director? Was it was it Myers or was it the other one? It was Nancy Myers. It was yes. Nancy Myers? Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Myers or the um, what's her name? I'm trying the one that passed Nora Ephron, uh, who passed away. Um, oh, as we, as we, you will recall, all of our listeners will recall, one of our first uh, focus episodes was on the Great North Ephron. Yes, it, yes, it Way was. Way back in the day, like episode five or six, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time. It was a while ago. Um, she was she was a great writer. But anyway, this is Nancy Myers, also uh, good at writing uh, rom coms. Um, yeah, so that one, if you if people have skipped that one, I, I'd say check it out. Um, it's one I haven't watched in a little while. I may have to revisit. All right, on to my next one. I have Love and Basketball. Uh, of course, it has to do with basketball. Um, directed by Gina Prince Bythewood, produced by Spike Lee, starring Omar Epps, Sanaa Lathan again, uh, as you're sensing a, a, a theme here. Uh, Alfred Woodard and uh, Dennis Haysbert, a.k.a. Pedro Serrano, if you're a Major League fan. Um, let's see if there's anybody else in it. Harry J. Lennox, Boris Kajo again, Gabrielle Union. Uh, Regina Hall, Tyra Banks. All right, so love and basketball. Oh, kick me a second. 
since childhood, Monica Wright and Quincy uh, McCall have wanted to be professional basketball stars. However, as a girl, Monica has to work hard to establish herself while as a boy, Quincy's natural star potential is recognized and encouraged early on. As the two struggle to reach their goals of playing professionally, they must also deal with the emotions with their emotions for each other. The first quarter of the story takes place in 81 when Monica's family moved to L.A. from Atlanta, moving into the house next door to Quincy's. Quincy's father, Zeke, is the star shooting guard for the Los Angeles Clippers. Quincy and Monica are drawn to each other, instantly sharing a love of basketball. Quincy is shocked that a girl could ever love basketball as much as he did, and he is more, even more shocked when Monica beats him during their first ever game of one-on-one. He angrily knocks her down during uh, game point and accidentally cuts her face. Uh, true love story. The mothers intervene and soon Quincy and Monica have made up. Monica proves tougher than Quincy ever could have imagined in another person. And he draws closer to her, asking her to be his girlfriend. Monica accepts and they share their first kiss, but it isn't long before they insult each other and are rolling around in the grass fighting with Monica, uh, clearly winning. So that's obviously when they're children. Um, and then they just, they keep, you know, the story keeps meeting them up through their lives as they, both go towards their their goal of playing basketball professionally. Um, you know, it plays out like most uh, love rom-coms do. Uh, it's very well, again, another one, just very well made, a fun movie. Um, great cast, Omar Epps, uh, actually also in Major League. So him and, Den- him and Dennis in Major League 2, him and Dennis Haysbert re-teaming, if you will. I actually have the scene where they're playing the, the strip basketball in the apartment is yep. adorable. Yes, yeah. it's it's a really it's a really cute movie. It's really fun. Uh, like I said, very well acted and definitely something I think people should check out. Again, if you just aren't familiar with it, if you if you like basketball, if you like rom coms, give this one a look. Omar Epps. Um, I've always really liked Omar Epps, Wayne. He, he kind of I, I feel like ever since Major League Two, he's always been like the second fiddle guy just because he took over for Wesley Snipes. I just always feel like he's never truly gotten his due, Uh, but I've always been a fan of his. And uh, this is just another movie that he got to star in is he doesn't really star in a lot of movies these days. He's more just side characters or has a TV show or whatever. Um, So if you like him as well as Sanaa Lathan, like I said, who's in both the movies I've talked about so far, uh, go check this one out. It's, it's out there streaming somewhere. I believe I saw it the other day. It's what kind of made me think of it. Um, but yeah, check it out. Love and basketball. All right, Wayne, what is your next movie? Uh, love and basketball is currently on Showtime. right now. There you go. Or Paramount. If you have Paramount plus with Showtime, that's where you could watch it as well. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I take that back. It says see Showtime. It's on HBO max. Oh, HBO. Oh, there you go. HBO max. Sorry. All right. Let's jump back to 2003 with how to lose a guy in 10 days. Uh, this is one of um, one of the movies that I watch pretty regularly. Uh, saw it in theaters. I think it was actually on a, a, a date, if you will. And I don't remember who the girl was, but I remember really loving the movie. So, uh, it is directed by uh, Donald Petrie. Uh, writers are Michael Michelle Alexander, excuse me, Janine Long wrote the book, and Christine Buckley wrote the screenplay. Uh, starring Kate Hudson, everybody's favorite, all right, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Adam Goldberg, uh, Catherine Hahn. Obviously, as you guys have watched the show, you know how much I love Catherine Hahn. 
Uh, Anna Prassi, Thomas Lennon, Michael Michelle, uh, Salem Carlo, uh, Robert Klein, uh, James Murtaugh. So let's break this bad boy down. Benjamin Barry is an advertising executive and ladies' man who, to win a big campaign, bets that he can make a woman fall in love with him in 10 days. He is the Don Draper, before Don Draper, if you will, set in modern times, not the 1960s. Um, you know, Playboy. Um, There's some things you could call him, but, you know, generally, not a bad dude. Like, Don Draper, I would consider a bad dude, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. you know, he obviously wasn't married and had with kids and yeah. running afoul of New York. But definitely has some ill intents with his... Ability to pick up, date, and make women fall in love with me. Uh, and Kate Hudson is no saint either. They kind of, she kind of has the same objective to kind of, she works for a magazine and I think kind of has the same goals to kind of make a man fall in love with her. I, I, I'm well, because it's, it's to prove that she can like get rid of somebody like real quick, like, right? Isn't that like the goal? Like she can make him want to leave or something? Yes, yeah, so um, drive them away, I think. Yeah, so I think they're kind of both playing the same game. Now, this one, I've probably only seen this movie once, I think. I always I was about to ask you, is this the one with Terry Bradshaw? But I'm pretty sure that's the fail failure to launch one with Matthew McConaughey. The other Matthew McConaughey rom-com, or one of the other ones. I think um, that's also uh, Kate Hudson, right? No, I think that one oh, is oh, Sarah Jessica movie. Parker. Him and yeah, Kate Hudson were in Fool's Gold, I think, was the other one that they did. Yeah. Um, Failure to Launch is also very cute. Yeah, movie. that one. Yeah, I always confuse and these two. Well. And I think it's because they essentially have the same poster. It's both Matthew McConaughey leaning on a woman with blonde hair. <laughs> and one woman is Kate Hudson, one Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, but yeah, and, you know, there is a very naked Terry Bradshaw in Failure to Launch. Is, that's what I, yeah, I remember my wife telling me because she's a, a huge uh, Steelers, 70s Steelers fan, so she's a huge Bradshaw fan. She's like, I did not need to see that, but uh, yeah, it, it yeah, yeah, she does, she does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, McConaughey, I know he's kind of he's moved past the rom com part of his career, which is fine, but they weren't terrible i don't think they they started maybe to get bad with like fool's gold and and some of the other ones but um these movies you know they had an audience and it worked and i think um we actually use this to this is the poster that we have in our living room that's from our wedding that uh my stepdaughter vanessa made for us that it's how to marry a guy in 10 years instead of how to lose a guy in 10 days because we were engaged and together for so long um, so, so it was, we kind of made a play on it with, with this title, but, uh, yeah, like you said, Wayne, it's a cute movie. You know, they, they have really good chemistry, which is why they work together again. Um, so that really works. I think McConaughey, it's hard to find someone who he doesn't have good chemistry with at this point. I mean, him and Woody Harrelson should probably make a romantic comedy together because they probably have the best chemistry. Um, I would pay to see that. That would be utterly fantastic. <laughs> that would be, it would be amazing. <laughs> Two middle-aged dudes who find, yeah. So <laughs> like best friends that fall in love with each other finally, like in their fifties, <laughs> that would be amazing. And just get high together. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. It, it works out perfectly. It writes itself. Woody Harrelson's the freewheeling stoner. And uh, yep. the, you know, either the uptight business guy or the... The uptight uh, business stoner. 
whatever <laughs> issue he has and bond over marijuana. Yes. <laughs> We're just coming up with movies on our own here, people. That's that's how, that's what we do here. Oh, we want to copyright this now because you know yes. <laughs> I don't want McConaughey stealing it from it from us when he hears this this episode. Um but yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it, it's a it's a cute movie, and and their chemistry again, like I said, is what I think what sells that particular film. Um, anything else you want to say about that one, Wayne? It is currently streaming on Paramount Plus. If y'all want to revisit this uh, this uh, film, all right. So I'll get on to my last one, um, and it is. It's not really. I don't. I wouldn't call it a rom com, Wayne, uh, but it's a. It's a movie I used to watch all the time back in the in the late nineties. It is romantic for sure, but it's more of an ensemble like romantic drama. Yeah, I liked Blade too. It was really good. And, uh... <laughs> uh, it is not Blade. Uh, great movie though. It is Soul Food. So I used to watch this movie on TV all the time uh, back in in nineteen ninety seven ninety eight when it was on TV a lot. Uh, it has a great ensemble cast: Vanessa Williams, Vivica Fox, Nia Long, Michael Beach, Mackay Pfeiffer. Gina Rivera, uh, Brandon Hammond, Irma P. Hall, Jeffrey D. Sams. Um, apparently, Halle Berry and Whitney Houston were both considered for the role of Terry. Regina King, Kenya Moore, and Jada Pinkett Smith were also considered for the role of Bird, which are the roles that Nia Long and Vanessa Williams uh, took on. Um, let's see. So... It, this is this is one of those kind of big like family drama comedies. Uh, there's a lot of romance in it though. Soul Food, told through the eyes of 11 year old Ahmad, uh, played by Hammond, follows the trials of the Joseph family, a close knit Chicago family that gets together to have Sunday dinner every week with plenty of soul food to go around. Mother Big Mama Joe uh, Hall has three daughters who each have had varying success in life. Oldest daughter, Terry uh, Vanessa Williams has become a successful lawyer, but has a strained relationship with younger sister, Maxine played by Vivica Fox, Ahmad's mother who stole the event, uh, stole and eventually married Terry's former boyfriend, Kenny um, played by Sam's. Terry is currently married to miles played by Michael beach, a lawyer who quits his job to pursue his dream of being an R and B musician, which Terry doesn't support. Uh, youngest daughter, Robin, played by Nia Long, nicknamed Bird, has just opened a barbershop, beauty parlor, and married Lem Mackay Fiverr, an ex-convict. So just kind of there's all these um, issues that come to a head at this one one of the Sunday dinners that they have, and they just kind of all have it out. Um, it, you know, similar to something like think like the Family Stone or um, – I'm sorry. I just what were you talking about issues at the, the family dinner? I just immediately went to uh, the Nutty Professor. I was just gonna say, or that one scene from the Nutty Professor, because that definitely um, I think fits into it. Um, and kind of, in in all honesty, I can't remember. I think the first Nutty Professor might have been first, or maybe it was a year later. I don't remember, but they're right around that time. So I don't know if it it took it from it or whatever. But Soul Food uh, to me has just always been one of those great dysfunctional family dramas. I have not seen it in a while, but I, I like, I, I sort of got like when I was younger, Wayne, I probably watched this movie like 10 to 15 times. Um, just great cast. Everybody's fantastic in it. Uh, it did spawn into a TV show, I believe on Showtime. I never did watch the TV show, but um, 
yeah, it, it had a real long life back in the day. Um, like I said, I don't know that it plays anywhere. Well, not that anyone really watches TV anymore, uh, but that's how I used to watch it. It was always on HBO or Cinemax back in the day. Um, you know, I've always been a Makai Pfeiffer fan, Nia Long, Vanessa Williams, Vivica Fox. I always liked all of them. So to watch a movie with all of them in it was a lot of fun. And, uh, there's some craziness, some psychoness. Um, they they do tell, show the the moment where Vivica Fox actually cheated with her sister's boyfriend, uh, and that was a fight in itself. And uh, just yeah, just great drama, great comedy, emotional, fun um, drama for for people. If you haven't seen this one, definitely check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, really well done and well acted. Um, just yeah good movie glad i got to talk about it so uh wayne what's your uh last one of the day i am calling an audible and i am gonna go with 2005's diary of a mad black woman i initially was going to do uh hitch the uh, will smith and kevin james film but i know we've talked about that before and i don't believe we've talked about this one and nope. this is one that uh, i have enjoyed on multiple levels many many times now correct me is this a Medea one this is the first Medea film. Okay. All right. Obviously, uh, Tyler Perry has been portraying Medea uh, on the stage for many, many years before this. Yeah, this was, I think, the first stage play, too, I think, that then they turned into a movie, correct? I believe I believe you are 100% correct. This is uh, directed by uh, Darren Grant, written by Tyler Perry as a play. It stars Kimberly Elise, Steve Harris, Tyler Perry. Cecily Tyson, Shamar Moore, Lisa Marcos, Tamara Taylor, Terrell Carter. <clears throat> Here is a little synopsis breakdown. A couple's seemingly solid marriage begins to crumble when, when the wife discovers that her husband intends to divorce her. Now, that is a very bland tagline. Um, Getting in this a little bit deeper, Steve Harris and Kimberly Elise are the married couple, Charles and Helen. Uh, Charles is a very controlling, very domineering husband who is cheating on, Charles is cheating on Helen. And when confronted about this, he's like, yeah, what? And essentially has her thrown out of the house and all of her belongings are thrown into a moving truck and she has nowhere to go. She winds up at the house of Medea, her aunt's grandmother i'm not exactly sure what the relationship i think it's her, i think it's her grandmother's sister i believe so her great aunt i think gotcha now i've never i'll be honest with you wayne i've never seen a medea movie so i don't i but i know i know the story though so well, so you are missing out especially <laughs> now i have watched tyler perry films i just haven't seen the medea ones. definitely uh, get a chance you need to watch this one because it is a fantastic blend of just hilarious slapstick comedy between uh all of the, the family, because obviously Tyler Perry portrays Medea and a couple other family members, mm -hmm. uh, specifically the relationship between uh, Medea and her cousin, her brother, Joe. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they did the way they go back and forth. It's again, very much the Eddie Murphy style of Nutty, Nutty Professor. With yeah. With the uh, older black relative just going at each other. But the really sweet and very touching Thing is just how uh, Shamar Moore's character Orlando uh, kind of nurses Helen back to emotional health and how just how their relationship forms and whatnot and how it's tested uh, 
obviously there there is a very redeeming moment in this as well, where um, choices need to be made. But I'm going to leave it at that because I do want you to watch this. Okay. I think I've dangled enough where you don't <laughs> probably can figure out what's going to happen, but you should definitely take uh, take a, an hour and a half out and see this at some point. I'll add it to the list. It's just a great. Uh, it, this and this movie spawned uh, lots of extra Medea movies. I mean, the Medea verse, if you will. You have no Medea. Yeah, very, very true. You've got Medea, the holiday movies, Christmas, Halloween. I'm thinking yep. there's a Thanksgiving one. There's two. Bo- um, there's two Halloween ones. Yeah, you got one with a family reunion. You got one where Medea goes to jail. Uh, a witness protection one. And he just did oh. a Netflix, didn't he? Do one? He did an original Netflix one too, I think. That might have been the protect, the witness protection one, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm looking at uh, IMDb, and they're all right, right, right around five out of ten. So it may not be great, but uh, this one for sure. For, is, uh, so I will say this, and this isn't to put down Tyler Perry at all, because I did just watch one recently, not a Medea one, but um, Daddy's Little Girls with. Uh, uh, Idris Alba and, and Gabriel Union, and I thought they were great in the movie. I think a lot of for me, what holds these now, I have again, I haven't seen the Medea movies, but what holds Tyler Perry movies back for me is the writing. And the writing was just like the end of the movie just kind of happened without really any buildup. <laughs> You're just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we're just it's over now, and everything everybody's happy, and it worked out. So that that's the one thing I could say that maybe people are a little bit more critical of. Um, I can't, like I said, I can't speak for the Medea films because I have not seen them. Um, I kind of grew tired of men dressing up as women in movies. You know, I don't know. It just, for me, it kind of wore itself out after Big Mama's House 2, I want to say. <laughs> but, you um, Big Mama's House 3? Come on now. I, don't, I didn't see, I didn't see that one because of, because of that reason. Um, just not, and I know it's been a long comedy that's been around for a long time so i know how long have you been against uh, people being the, who they really are and <laughs> i know you are that's why i'm trying to choose my words carefully because i have no problem with trans people being trans people in movies that, is no, that but that's not what we're talking about here but no, taylor perry is playing that movement and uh yeah kind of makes it a joke and it's that's something that should be joked about so. yeah when i think you know I don't, and I don't think the intention, like with Tyler Perry, was to make fun of it. He's playing; he is literally playing a character. So I get it. I just, for some reason, like I said, I think it's maybe Big Mama's House because they do kind of make fun of it. That maybe is what turned me. So maybe if I watch one of these movies, I won't, I won't feel that way as much. Um, Because I heard like and said that his portrayal of Medea is actually of an an ant that. Yeah, well, and like Louis Anderson played Zach Galifianakis's mom on that show, Baskets or whatever, and everyone praised him for that performance. And it wasn't a trans performance; he was playing a woman. It's just they thought he was the best person for that role. So, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things that it can still happen. I, you know, if it's done correctly, I, I can enjoy it. And I think maybe the Medea ones, because I just from what I've seen, I know that he's not making fun of like. Yeah. women or trans people he's just he's playing a character so uh, it's a little different that's why i just wanted to clarify <laughs> make sure people understand what i'm talking about but um yeah so no i have to I have to watch one i've been thinking i was thinking about it while we were watching the the daddy's little girl movie i'm like maybe i should watch one of those medea films because i've yet to watch one. <laughs> little doggies there uh getting excited 
or Dawson. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> one of the dogs. One of the dogs. I couldn't tell. Um, all right. So let's go on to our review of the week. All right. So this week we have it's another one. I would compare this way into the half of it, which is a rom, a kind of a rom com that we talked about before that I love. Um, where it's really not. It's a rom com, but it's not because it's not about finding your true love as much as it is finding your true self. I would say is what this movie is kind of about. Um, and the whole reference of somebody I used to know is a, a big reference to the main character and the person that she used to be. Um, all right, so let's get into this one. Uh, somebody I used to know. It's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. It is written uh, by Dave Franco and Allison Brie. They are married husband and wife. Uh, Dave Franco directs the film. Um, it stars Allison Brie, Jay Ellis, Kiersey Clemens, Danny Pudi, Olga Meredith, Haley Joel Osment, Julie Haggerty from the Airplane movies. Um, Amy Sedaris makes an appearance. Sam Richardson, Zoe Chow, Ke- uh, Calvin Yu. So there's a lot of like people that just kind of stop by for a scene or two. I'm sorry, sir. You're going to just say that Julie Haggerty was in the airplane movie, but forget the masterpiece that was Freddie Got Fingered? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even remember she was in that atrocity of, of a film. <laughs> just because oh. you've never dressed up like Dead Roadkill, sir. <laughs> sorry, anyway. Anyway. Um, so the plot for this one is Allie is the showrunner of a successful but waning reality TV series called Dessert Island. In an effort to boost ratings, she personally interviews the season's winning contestant and gets him to cry on camera while answering questions about his recent divorce. Allie hopes this will revive the show, but the producers insist they are canceling it. So she gets word they're going to cancel her show. She gets sad. She goes home and she goes to her. her she walks in on her mom receiving oral sex from her boyfriend uh, who is her like old uh, teacher at school. And then <laughs> the airplane scene before that, I uh, hop. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. That was gross. That was so gross. Oh. Um, so, and I should note too, that like uh, I listened to Dave Franco on Mark Marin and he said that like him and Allison, like especially during the pandemic, like they love rom-coms. And so they've been watching a bunch. So they thought like, Hey, let's give it a try. Let's do our own. Uh, Dave Franco's last uh, only other directed film was the rental, which is a horror film. So this is a completely different genre. Um, but of course, because it's Dave Franco, Allison Brie, it's a little weird. It's, it's not a normal rom-com. There is lots of nudity in this film, uh, th- that is kind of part of center of, of one of her stories of one of Allison Brie's character stories in the film. Um, so she goes home and she ends up, uh, at the bar at a bar where she then meets her, uh, or not meets, but sees her ex-boyfriend from 10 years ago, who she left town to go to California to be a TV producer, to be a, a documentary maker, but she ended well, up doing reality TV. What's interesting is he actually finds out she's in town and seeks her out. Yes, exactly. And he had a twist of things. So, and if you watch the trailer, you know that he is engaged at this point. So he, you know, throws the whole thing in there of having second thoughts. They, what I like about this movie, Wayne, is they treat everybody as real characters. They do throw in some of that slapstick comedy or walking in on your parents having sex, like that kind of stuff. But they do treat everybody as a real person. And it, it's everybody trying to kind of figure themselves out where her ex-boyfriend has to 
he, he starts having that. Well, the last time I really loved somebody, they left me. So he's having that sec those second thoughts. And then of course he sees the person that left him. So that gives him like, Oh, well maybe this is a fate. She's coming back to me. You know, I should see this through. Let me ask you this. Do you, I got a very, very close vibe between Alison Brie's character, Ellie and her character, Ruth on glow. Yeah. Did you get that at all? No, for sure. Especially, you could say that they um, kind of torpedo their own their own relationships and a lot of their um, positive things in their life because they're so worried about what's going to happen next. Like if they fail, if they make the wrong mistake. And no, you're I, that's a very good comparison. I think, um, and maybe almost you could argue since we never got to see the end of Glow, this is her character's swan song. Her 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 reprieval of the, her. Uh, um, fix of that because she, you know, no, I guess whatever she, you know, she discovers herself in this movie, and there, there comes a point where she realizes that she's only chasing him because it feels familiar, and she was safer back then, and she was now scared to kind of go out and do the things that she wants to do, and she, she does it. Uh, her and Kiersey Clemens have very good chemistry. Who's the fiance, Kiersey Clemens? She does a really good job as well. Um. Never they, say never. Glow could come back, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> never, Glow could come back. I hope. I hope. I would. I would just settle for a, a movie. Just give me a, an hour and a half Glow movie to wrap it all up, and I would be happy. Yeah. Um, but they they have really good chemistry together, and I think uh, it's very like heartwarming when she kind of helps her through everything, even though admitting the things that she did wrong and that were horrible. Um, as we, you know, eventually meet uh, Kirsten Clemens' character's parents, and we realize why we never want to meet her parents. Um, it, it, this is it's a charming movie, but it's a real like I, I like movies like this one because they feel real to me. They feel like these people could actually exist in this world. Um, they're not not to say any of them are ugly by any stretch because they're not, but they're not beautified, if you will, in this film. They don't they don't look like supermodels. They look like real people. Um, and I think that's important when you do movies like this. Um, I think Danny Pudi uh, is great. He gives a, a great kind of comic relief, but also is like the um, the level-headed one of yeah. the three of them. He's their, He's the childhood friend who's lived with the family this whole time, and he... Go ahead. But how about Haley Joel Osment, though? This oh, God, yeah. <laughs> little brother was like, wow, what's going on, guys? They Pulling all these references from when they were kids and stuff. Yeah, he was really funny. Um, I, I always look forward when he gets to act goofy because I'm so used to seeing him in the sixth sense a million times. Um, it was fun to see him kind of act up, and he has kids in this one, so and he's just like his like his kids, like it's real funny. And there's a, there's a streaking scene where he has to, has to chase his son down as the two main characters are streaking through the golf course. Uh, yeah, so the, it it's just. It, you know, it doesn't quite reach the level of the half of it for me, but it is a movie that I liked because, it again, it, it tries to do more than just be a rom-com. It, it could have easily settled to be your typical rom-com film, um, but it did it did more. It, it grew these characters out, which I thought was really good. Um, it shows their flaws. It shows that all of them are flawed, that none of them are really... I, you know, in, you could say, like, bad people, they do bad things sometimes, like Alison Brie's character, but she's not a bad person. And I think that's the realistic part of it is, like, sometimes desperate people do stupid shit or mean shit or bad shit, and it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. And I think 
her kind of coming to grips with that and grips with herself, I thought was very interesting. Wayne, what are, what are your thoughts on this movie? I know I've kind of taken over the conversation as usual, but uh, what are your thoughts? I really kind of struggled with her character in the beginning, but yeah, as it went on, I'm like, all right, I get it. Struggling and yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, the way it's presented too is like, she's wealthy. Obviously she has, you know, she's a producer on TV and stuff, but she's obviously not happy. So I think, you know, for us, it's it's sometimes it's difficult to see someone be very successful at something and just be like, why are you miserable? But that's how it is. That's how life is. No matter how much money you have, no matter how much fame you have, life can be miserable for everybody. So we see it with celebrities who take their own lives all the time. Uh, some of the greatest celebrities that we've known, you know, that we've cherished have done that. And you, the question is, well, why? They had everything. Well, the, you know, I would like really... to try being rich, miserable for a little while, please. <laughs> Um, unfortunately money and everything that you want doesn't uh, cure depression and sadness but at least Um, i could be sad in a ferrari true very true now granted yes we don't have that lived experience of being wealthy and sad so just poor and sad i'm being facetious obviously i don't mean to be insensitive yes i know uh but yeah i mean the yeah this is a movie that i really i really like i said i really enjoyed i think you could tell from my my uh um, ranting or whatever, whatever you want to call it, my my reviews or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. It was fun. It was well acted. I like Allison Brie. I'm a big fan of hers. Um, I like Kiersey Clemens and uh, the the guy who I, I'm not really familiar with, but he, he was pretty good too. Uh, it was a J J Ellis, right? Yeah, J Ellis. Uh, let me see if I know him from anything. Uh. Escape Room, the Escape Room movies. So I did like him in those movies. Uh, oh, he's just in Top Gun Maverick. Um, he's got a new one coming called Freaky Tales. So I don't know what that is, but uh, hasn't been in a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, I thought he was pretty good. So overall, I would give this a seven and a half out of ten, maybe close to an eight on a second viewing. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a really good time with it. Uh, Wayne, what what is your rating in it? Something about a six and a half. I wasn't in love with it, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yep. Good. All right, then. Uh, anything you watched this week, Wayne, that you wanted to talk about? I am still working my way through Breaking Bad, which is still absolutely fabulous. Even after all these years, it's been about five years since I watched it last time. And just the the, the downward spiraler, spiral of Walter White's character, man. Just yeah. yikes, man. <laughs> uh, I haven't watched it yet, but <clears throat> I saw a commercial for the 1989 Stallone film Locked Up, where he's in prison. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one. I will report back next week on my thoughts. Yeah, have you never seen it before either? Long time ago. When it came out, when I was nine, I probably shouldn't have seen it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't think I've ever seen it. I don't remember. I, I know the title, but I don't remember watching it. Um, yeah, I watched Beirut, which was on, is on Netflix. I think it leaves soon. So if you want to go catch that, it was pretty good with, uh, John Hamm and, um, uh, what's her name? That lady with the face. Rosamund Pike, Shea Wiggum, Dean Norris from Breaking Bad with hair, by the way. Uh, Mark Pellegrino from Supernatural. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. I was, I was, uh, surprised or not surprised necessarily, but it just, I hadn't watched it. It came out like four years ago now. It's a good movie. 
Um, and then I watched Daddy's Little Girls, which I really, like I said, I didn't really care for because the writing was pretty terrible. But Idris Alba and, and Gabriel Union, I thought were all right. Um, that's pretty much I haven't really got a chance to watch a lot this week. Uh, been busy, so uh, that's it. So let's get to the news and notes, and we'll wrap this up. All right, no deaths to report this week, so that's good, Hollywood. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, so news. Uh, the Backrooms viral shorts from Kane Parsons is being made into a feature film with A24 and James Wan. Dexter Newblood will officially continue, but will focus on his son Harrison. Dexter prequel series ordered by Showtime as well. I thought that got canceled. They canceled it, but then they came back this week and said that they were going to continue it, but with Harrison instead of Dexter. Interesting. Okay. So, and then they also announced a Dexter prequel series, which is ordered by Showtime. Uh, Showtime will now be officially merging with Paramount Plus, so everything will be—it'll just be one thing. Uh, they canceled a bunch of stuff because of that. Um, Alex Winter will direct Murder Mystery, starring Evan Rachel Wood, uh, Josh Gad, and Anthony Kerrigan. It will be called The Adults. Jennifer Caton Robinson, director of last year's Do Revenge, will direct a new sequel to I Know What You Did Last Summer with both Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. reprising the roles from the original film. No word on if the first sequel, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, will remain canon uh, within this new legacy sequel. Jeff Wadlow, Cry Wolf and Kick-Ass 2, is directing a new horror film called Imaginary for Blumhouse and Lionsgate. Ben Stiller to star as triplets in Three Identical Strangers, a new limited series based on a true story, which was made into a documentary a few years back. Uh, Mika Monroe joins Nick Cage in Osgood Perkins' new film, Long Legs, new horror film. Rufus Sewall and Gillian Anderson join Netflix's Prince Andrew BBC interview film. Uh, British sitcom The Faulty Towers is returning with original star John Cleese, who will be joined by his daughter Camille Cleese in the cast. Rob Reiner's Castle Rock Entertainment will produce the reboot. Resident Evil Death Island animated film from Sony releases this summer. Anthony Hopkins and Glenn Powell will star in a remake of the 2019 Argentina thriller 4x4, now called Locked. Two more uh, Bosch spinoffs in the works at Amazon. Michael Bay to direct a Bounty Hunter TV series for Amazon. Andy Samberg and Gene Smart will star as ex-lovers in cryogenic comedy 42.6 years. Craig Gillespie, director of Pam and Tommy and I, Tanya, will helm the film, uh, which is in production in Amazon Studios at this time. Jillian Bell and Channing Tatum will be starring in a gender swap version of Splash. Bell will play the Tom Hanks role, which uh, while Tatum will play the Daryl Hannah role, or as we will now be calling him, Merman! Merman! You know, if they were going to do that, they really should have got Jason Momoa. That probably would have made a lot more sense. <laughs> I would just see it just for the <laughs> factor. Uh, David Desmelchian has started his own genre-themed production company called Good Fiend Films. Uh, he's a character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff lately. He played Polka Dot Man in the Suicide Squad James Gunn film. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Nicole Kidman will star in Blumhouse Amazon Prime series K. Scarpetta, based on the novel by Patricia Cornwall. Zachary Levi to star in Not Without Hope, the true story survival thriller, which will be directed by Joe Carnahan. If you remember a couple years ago, there was those two football players and two of their friends who were white whitewater rafting or fish. No, they were fishing and they got lost at sea and only one of them survived. So that's the story Zachary Levi plays the guy who survived. Mm-hmm. 
Frozen, uh, Toy Story, and Zootopia getting sequels. No, I know everyone. Everyone was up in arms, especially the Toy Story one. I really don't get. I get that the last movie made over a billion dollars, so I guess I get that point. But, but stop, it, it, they needed to stop at three. Three. Well, stop. And if you're going to keep doing them, stop ending them like the like the like the one we're doing is the last one because the last two movies ended on like a this is it. You're not getting any more. And then they're like, oh wait, let's do another one. This is it. You're not getting any more. They got to stop doing that. Fucking leave it open then. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lena Hetty, Yara Shahidi, Isabella Merced, Lana Condor, Mil- uh, Millicent Simmons, and Iris Apatow will all star in Ballerina Overdrive, which is a action thriller about ballerinas that get stuck at like a hotel and are being attacked. Uh, directed by Vicky Jusen and written by Kate Freund. Uh, live action Spider-Man noir series in the works at Amazon. Uh, the Peripheral, starring Chloe Grace Moretz, has been renewed for a second season in Amazon Prime. Finally, Wayne, we can officially announce John Candy documentary from Ryan Reynolds and Colin Hanks has been purchased by Amazon. Uh, so I got to hear Colin Hanks talk about that on the Mark Maron podcast. Ryan Reynolds has been talking about wanting to get it off the ground for a while now, so it's really cool that they're going to do it. I believe Colin Hanks is going to direct it because he's been directing documentaries the last couple of years. Um Avenue 5, canceled after two seasons at HBO. David Tui, director of Pitch Black, The Chronicles of Riddick and Riddick, is returning for a fourth installment, also starring Vin Diesel, called Riddick Furia. Uncoupled, Riddick family. Yeah. <laughs> Uncoupled, which was axed by Netflix, has been saved by Showtime, giving Neil, the Neil Patrick Harris show a second season. Release is coming up. The consultant new series with Christoph Waltz hits Prime Video February 24th. Agent Elvis, an animated series starring Matthew McConaughey as Elvis and produced by Priscilla Presley, hits Netflix March 2023. No official date has been announced. Uh, Full Swing PGA Golf documentary hits Netflix February 15th. White Men Can't Jump remake hits Hulu May 19th. History of the World Part 2 hits Hulu March 6th. It's a four-night event series. Rabbit Hole, a new series with Kiefer Sutherland hits Paramount Plus March 26th. Dead Hot, unscripted witch film starring Vanessa Hudgens has been picked up by Tubi and will release April 14th. That's our show for this week. Uh, Wayne, any final thoughts? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the chaos. All right, everybody. It's been another great week. Uh, As Wayne said, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Now Showing with Mike and Wayne. Ronald Reagan, the actor? Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, everybody. We're all going to get late. (laughs)